Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Team Them Ball. It's your host today, Jay, and also with my co-host, Richie Rich and Mr. Hardy. How are you today, guys? You well? Not too bad. Not too bad, Jay. How are you doing, mate? I'm terrible. As I say, every single episode. But like I was saying to you earlier, um, I had massive toothache. I had a broken tooth. But um, anyway, Rich, how are you? Oh, I'm good, man. Just sore. Went went to the gym for the first time in years last night. So, oh, I'm, I, other than that, I'm really good. Jim, have you known him for long? Uh yeah, Jim Tastic. Ah, that's a, yeah, great sweets. Um, do you guys have Haribo in the uh, U.S.? No, what is that? What? Well, cut, cut, we should cut him out now. Yeah, this is this is. We hate to do this to you, Rich, but you can't be a host on this podcast if you don't like Haribo. <laughs> If you do not know what Harry Bow is, I just can't see this working. I was mm. I was convinced you had it in America though. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, very, well, I'm, well, explain to me what this is. Like uh, maybe maybe I do. Maybe it's called something different. It's just it's just the brand of sweets, and they do like all different all different flavors of sweets, like Star Mix, Tang Fastics, little Jelly Babies, that sort of thing. I was I was convinced you had it in America, but apparently not. I think we might have like some like jelly bean type stuff, but I'm not really too familiar with like exact names and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we can save this discussion for the spin-off Haribo podcast. No, um, no, let me now. How the hell do you not know what was <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, they're the only thing that you uh, did not describe there, Rich. They're not jelly beans. They're uh, just like jelly sweets, but like with loads and loads of sugar on it. <laughs> And they're just pure sugar, but in like sweet form. That's like almost any type of candy or any type of meal here in the United States. It's just loads and loads of sugar. We just don't. We don't really call it candy, do we? Well, it's just sweets. No, yeah, sweets, sweet sweeties. If you're under the age of about ten. Yeah, because we're what <laughs> sweeties. <laughs> sweeties. I still say that now. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Uh, the, the great wrestling podcast yeah, so far, we, guys. We, we really got into a habit of going off on a ridiculous tangent before the episode starts. I quite like that. Yeah, so exactly. We may not be very good at a lot of things, but we are very good at not staying on task. We're, we're actually, I've heard the world record of that. The world record. Yeah, anyway, welcome to the episode, as I said before, guys, of your new AEW review. Um, as absolutely world said that he's absolutely sick of um, not reviewing stuff that he hasn't watched. So um, we've actually watched. So is that I believe? Well, you've actually watched it, haven't you? AEW. I've watched Dynamite as I do as I do most weeks. I actually, I actually hadn't watched for the past couple of weeks, but I watched specifically okay. this week for this podcast. And yeah, yeah, looking forward to talking about it. I've got some uh, bones to pick with you, sir. I tell Fantastic. you that when we get started. Uh, yes, Tangtastic, as Harry Bow would. Harry Bow, send us three things. Um, Rich, did you watch it? Yes, I did. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very, very, very good episode. Well, that that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's a great start. We're doing a review and we've all watched the show. We will be doing this more often. <laughs> so, uh, moving forward, guys, just to let you know, we will be doing a review. Uh, the day after, so on Thursday, we will be now reviewing AEW. Uh, we will try to get NXT in there sometimes, but you know, it's we all work as well, guys. You know, we do try our best. Um, we won't just limit it to weekends, but yeah, we, we, we'll be doing it with uh, Mr. Will now going forward and Rich um, every Thursday. 
just let people know as well we're very very happy with our new international listeners we've got actually a, a huge following lads um i will give you an update of our new list now moving forward i know this is the boring bit uh just let people know but we really really need your support on youtube mainly youtube guys we'd love you to subscribe there we've now got listeners in india thailand australia south africa the philippines the us and the uk so it just shows you we've got our reach far 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 over the world now um but anyway moving on well what would you give this show as a rating i mean we'll probably go into sort of ratings and stuff at the end but i thought i thought this was yeah. a, this was a solid show um Obviously, it's the it's the go home show for Revolution, which is tomorrow. I think as a go home show, maybe not as as strong as I'd like, um, but no, just a really f- a, you know a fun episode. Didn't didn't really disappoint in, in too many areas. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, we'll get, we'll kind of go through it in more detail, but yeah, solid yeah, solid show for me. Uh, Rich. Yeah, no, so I'm pretty much on the same standpoint as. Uh as will over here it was there were some things that were you know pretty good and whatnot and like i said we'll we'll talk about the everything that happens here pretty shortly yeah my main viewpoint out the start is um this is what i like it it was a strong go home you know we with actually wwe they they kind of uh, recently they've been on a bit of a lame one building up because i like to do all their stuff in pay-per-views itself there's kind of first some false finishes and things already which was a bit unexpected for me uh, and actually quite a lot of clean stuff as well which again i'm not used to so some clean victories there's also got shenanigans in i call shenanigans um yeah there's all that so the opening match i got and uh, when i watched it was shaq yeah Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Have you seen have you seen sort of the build up for this? Would you like to go no, I did no. it. If you want to go ahead, that'd be great. So I mean, obviously Shaquille O'Neal, one of the most kind of very recognizable uh faces in basketball. I think it's kind of obvious that this has come about because obviously, you know, AAW is now on TNT. Shaq is an, is an analyst on Inside the NBA, which actually is one of, again, one of my other favourite TV programmes at the moment. Um but the, yeah, the build's been a bit slow, a bit sloppy. They didn't really do too much on the weekly shows to kind of build up to it. Um, but I, as a as a match, I thought this was very fun for someone who's. I think Shaq's been in wrestling before. He's done a few bits here and there with WWE. But as far as a full match goes, I thought this was really fun. You know, um, it was kind of maybe weird to put it at the start of the show. You could you definitely could yeah. have built up to this a little bit more. Yeah. But no, really, really fun. Rich, what did you think? You know, I'm, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. To be honest with you, I really had zero to low expectations on how Shaq would do in the ring, per se. Because it has been some time since, like, the his whole, you know, originally wanting to to wrestle Big Show. That was over, what, eight, ten years prior to this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, I honestly, with age and... You know, wear and tear in the body. Of course, I I I had very low expectations for the match, but it blew me away. Shaq was, uh, you know, he did what he did, and you know that his power bomb would say that. Ex- about say that. Expert. I think it was really smart doing this as a tag match as well. I think Shaq versus Cody probably would have exposed a lot of Shaq's weaknesses because we sh- we should say now it was a tag match. It was Shaq and Jade Cargill, who is also she's also not wrestled on AEW before against Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. So I, I was really smart to kind of 
put other, put other who is she who's Red Velvet no the other one Jade Cargill so she I think she's not been wrestling that long I'm not too, I don't think so um, she's definitely not wrestled in AEW before this is kind of her big her sort of big debut I thought I think she's got really good really good potential got a really really strong future um, but yeah yeah I think so too like I think she just brings a presence that you know nobody on that roster I think brings and you know you could tell you could tell the nerves were there but you give her some you give her some time you know down the line she's going to be a big player in the women's division yeah definitely I was really impressed with some of these with some of the spots that Shaq was doing in this match you know he did a he did a double table uh, bump to kind of get, lead to the finish of the match which I thought was really really good I thought it was amazing, yeah. Will. Without, uh, yeah, uh, uh, to be honest, boy. Oh, some audio over there. I do apologise. Um, right, so okay. what, what happened is, like we said previously, this was such a big build-up for Shaq actually entering wrestling. Um, he's been doing it for around 10 years, as previously stated. I'm absolutely amazed that they got him into a wrestling match this quickly. Um, WWE has been messing, toying with the idea even for for years, and the fact that Paul White's come over, it, they, they all expected it, didn't we? You know, we thought it was going to happen before at WrestleMania, and it just shows you that if you actually let these people have a bit of space, that they can do things. Because let's be honest, if this was in WWE, it'd be one of the matches where. He does one or two spots and then that's it. Do, do you know what I mean? Like uh, Snooky, I believe. Oh yeah, Snook, whatever. Yeah, Snooky at WrestleMania 27, yeah. I think. Well, well, Shaq's. I think Shaq was in. Was it like 2015 or 2016? He was just randomly with no build-up. He was in the Under the Giant Battle Royal at the start. Nah. It was, oh, it was yeah. weird. They, they, you know, yes. they teased it for so long, and so it just happened with no build-up in a battle royal Shaq just randomly runs up to the ring and it was just one of the weirdest weirdest things ever so I think the way that the way they've used him in AEW has been quite good yeah he actually looks like an actual wrestler oh yeah because he is genuinely know. he is huge he is massive like you because when you watch basketball you know all basketball players at all so you, you kind of don't think about the perspective but when you when you saw him standing next to Jade Cargill when they come down to the ring you're like holy fuck this man is a giant. Is a giant. Obviously, he's lost a bit of that athleticism since since he retired. He's been retired about was it, ten or so years now. But yeah, I think he, he's obviously a fan of wrestling. He obviously wanted to try hard. He didn't want to just come in and have that basic match that you might have ended up having in WWE. Um, again, like I said at the start, this was, it was kind of weird to put this at the at the, at the top of the show. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it was good, good, uh, good outing for him. I, I thought it would be uh, just just before the main event to do this you know, to keep people watching. I, I They could have easily put this as the main event because I think, you know... Yeah. Right. I thought it was going to yeah. be the main event as well when, when I first seen, you know, the lineup and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, but I really think it was a strong showing. Um, the women, what do you think to the women? Do you know, the selling, I thought that was pretty good. Bit hokey. I... <laughs> 
I've, I just had a bit of an indie feel with the women do the whole like flexing and it don't bother me you know I don't know how I feel about that how do you feel about that uh, well, um, well I think Red, Red Velvet's got a really strong future she's not wrestled on Dynamite much she's mostly been on Dark which again I've tried to get I've tried to convince you guys to watch but I don't think that's going to happen she's been, yeah. she's been on, um, Dyn- on Dark mostly which has done a really good job of featuring a lot of young young women wrestlers Jade Jade's not wrestled in Dynamite or Dark I don't think so I think she's obviously got that she doesn't have much experience but I think she she did really good for what the what, what the role of the match was she's obviously a natural heel she's got those she's got those tendencies down so I think you know in years to come she's gonna she's gonna really improve uh, Rich how, how do you feel about the whole flexing while you're wrestling and you know do you think it's indie or Jenkins got a place in AEW? I, I think that whole I think the whole spot is can be everywhere depending on the character who's actually doing it. If it makes sense in the matchup, in, in this matchup in this instance, to me that made sense. Showing the physical dominance of Jade over Red Velvet, who, yeah, like Will said, I me personally I'm not a big dark watcher, but I have seen a couple matches of red velvet and she's she's pretty good wasn't she originally like her and brandy were tag teaming yeah as they've well, kind of right? done the thing obviously when they when they signed shack for this match the plan all, all along was obviously cody and brandy versus shack and jade obviously with brandy now right. being pregnant right i think yeah because red velvet is kind of being pushed as brandy's protege a little bit um so, so she was kind of a natural replacement um I, I think yeah obviously the plan would have been cody and brandy so we'll uh, address something so just quickly though great table yep. stop so, shop yeah. try again great table spot love the table spot but that power bomb was I think it was exceptional I thought that was going to be his finisher by the way yeah really really good power he obviously kind of wanted to do one thing really really well and power bomb was a really good move for it yeah do you not think that should be was it Sorry, uh, do you not think that should be his finisher? The power. I think. Bomb? I think if he wrestles again, which I don't know, I think he might do. They obviously did. They obviously do an angle after the match. It was not. It's obviously not just a one and done thing. I don't know if you saw the thing where. So to, so Tony Schiavone was going to interview him. Um, he was standing outside the ambulance, and when they came back, when they came it. back from commercial, he wasn't in the ambulance anymore. So I'm not kind of sure if if Shaq can teleport or if you know he's gone somewhere else so they're obviously building up for something i don't quite know what it will be yet but if he wrestles if he wrestles again rich, that, well, that power bomb could be good of course rich what do you think to uh, shack getting great white powers <laughs> yeah did uh, is is shack going to be the new undertaker of aew for just teleporting like that but yeah, like you said too. Like I really enjoy his the power bomb, and if he if he, do, I'm sure he'll wrestle again. Maybe that could be a uh, signature move for Shaq. But maybe one of you guys could tell me as well. Was that like a tribute to Brody Lee or something? Because that like I, I heard like he did that was the, the hands going across where uh, was a tribute to Brody Lee. You know if that was oh, if, if that's true that. or not. I mean, in terms of the power bomb, Brody Lee always did a sit-down power bomb, so maybe it was kind of an inadvertent tribute. Um, I I totally missed the if, the if he did the hands thing. I know he did the muscle flexing, which is kind of 
an ob- a sort of classic heel thing. But no, I, I miss I miss the Brody Lee tribute. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm yeah, maybe I'm just overlooking into it. You know, he, all he did was just basically had his hands out looking. He, he it was basically like a like a Tommy Dream or or a Raven pose. But I, I thought I seen something online saying that oh he did that for you know as a tribute yeah, to yeah, Brody maybe, Lee. Maybe. So rating boys for this match, Rich. Uh, you know what? I give it. An, I give it a uh, a B plus. Wow. If I were, yeah, because I we've seen a, a lot of celebrity matches where you see the celebrities go through the motions and barely try. Whenever I think of somebody like that, I think of the match with Tyson oh, Fury. Lord. Like oh, he might be a great boxer. He might be a great boxer. Don't get me wrong, but man, he needs to get better skills before he steps back into a wrestling ring again. But Shaq, you could tell Shaq put, you know, his very best and he wanted to make it look good for everybody. You know, it's, this is easily not the worst celebrity match I've ever seen. Yeah, I'd say if we're doing it in two different rating for celebrity matches, I'd actually give it an egg for a celebrity match. But overall, as a proper match, you know, I'd probably give it a C plus. I'll well, I'll agree with Rich. I think this is a B plus. I think it was it was really fun. They all all the all the characters worked well together. You know, Shaq obviously Shaq obviously a wrestling fan. He obviously wanted to kind of give a good account of himself. I think that yeah, like you said, the table spot was really good. They put over. They managed to you know was it it wasn't just a celebrity showcase for Shaq. They managed to get over two two young women wrestlers as well. So. Yeah, really fun. And again, like Rich said, a lot, a lot better than some of the dross we've seen celebrities, celebrities go for in their first match. Yeah, I feel like they've only brought Big Show in to complete this. You know, Paul White. I well, see, I had a completely different theory uh, for that. I thought leading like the last week's uh, episode, I thought they were going to bring uh, Paul White out and say. Oh, Shaq would come out and be like, "Oh, I've been, you know, I've taken this very seriously, and here's my trainer." And here that comes would have Paul been White. good. I think they obviously at some point they're going to do. I think they're going to have that storyline. I think they've obviously they've not finished telling whatever story they're going to tell with Shaq at the moment. Obviously, with the with the ambulance angle, that could go in a very weird direction. But it could just go in a stance. They might. Just... I think they've done it as well well to get one over um wwe because they wanted this match to happen for years yeah Yeah. do you know what i mean and to say hi look you wanted it and we did it oh it will it will happen eventually i think it maybe might happen on a a pay-per-view down the line somewhere um yeah yeah of course um right so moving on anyway from um a a weird opener to say the least um, I believe it was the women's uh, eliminator. No, the we tournament. Had, no, we had. Um, yeah, no, oh, Rich, next Rich, match, you go. no, no, let's go. Cool. Next, it was it was actually it was a squash match. It was a tag match with uh, Pack and Ray Phoenix. Uh, it says they oh, face D three and John Skyler, who I'm sure these yeah. guys are regular on Dark. But no, it was basically a 30 second squash match with uh, I believe. Uh, pack hit uh what does he call it the black arrow or red arrow in in AEW I'm not I'm not I think, sure I think the, it's the black arrow because it was the red, it was definitely the red arrow red arrow in WWE yeah 
But I, I, I love, I love Pac and I love Ray Phoenix. So this was, this was just really fun. You know, it's not a, it's not going to get any stars, but it was a fun little squash match. I, I, I personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I love short little squash matches in wrestling. I think it's something we don't see enough of. WWE have kind of gone through little phases every couple of years where they'll start doing squash matches with local talent on TV. And I think it can work It can work really well, but... Well, the, there's, there's squash matches. I'm sorry, but there's, there's squash matches. They only seem to do when they have somebody who's just starting on the main roster. And, you know, that, 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 old, that act can get really old really quickly if they continuously doing squash matches after yeah. squash match after squash match and and like, i remember when going back to wwe when ryback that's literally i think that's all he did was like the first like 20 matches or something he was on was just nothing but squash matches and then what about it, it kind of was that Strowman was worse yeah. than ryback well, this this is kind of a this is oh, kind yeah. of a different yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, because, like you said, squash matches have always used to been always been used to kind of build up these big, big monsters. But this is monsters. you know this is two small two smaller wrestlers doing high flying moves that that are having these squash matches, and it's a real it's a real nice fun take on a kind of slightly tired trope. So I I enjoyed this, you know. And honestly, you got the two perfect people oh, yeah. to do a thirty-second squash match. Yeah, they, and pop they can just hit all their big Phoenix. flashy, big moves, pin them, and get out. Just, re- just really fun. So, real quickly before we move on from that match, uh, J- J- uh, Will, I want are are they considered baby faces or heels now? Because heels, yeah, it, no, packing pack baby faces. Pack, sorry, packing Ro- like, pack Ray Phoenix. There, I'd say tw- I'd say tweeners. Um, which is, which is again something I think AEW can do really well. They can have characters that you can you have sympathy for and you know do kind of good things, but they don't they don't fit into the just the standard box of, of babyface and heel. Um, I think yeah, because Pack and Phoenix they were Pack Pack Penta, Pentagon and Ray Phoenix were a kind of heel stable before the pandemic. Obviously, yeah. Right, that's why I was asking because I wasn't sure if they were. Because it's to me, this match they, yeah, they look like they've baby definitely faces. taken on that role since Packers come back. Obviously, he had to go back to England for most of the pandemic. He's only he's only been back in the country, you know, a couple of months, right? Um, and he's sort of they've had this kind of feud with you know Eddie Kingston, and that's kind of also involved Lance Archer as well. John Moxley tagged with him a couple of weeks ago. There's kind of all these been all these moving parts. Um, but I I, re- I really like both of these guys. Two of my favorite wrestlers at the moment. Genuinely, they have they've had some incredible matches. As good as they are as a tag team, though, man, I'd love to see like a thirty-five minute oh, match would, between Pack be and beautiful. Ray Phoenix. I mean, Pack is Pack is like he's like a small guy, uh, but he can look like a massive guy against other small guys if that makes sense. Because he's got that. Yeah. He's got. Well, he's got this. He's got the, the right physique, mass you know, on him is he insane. Just looks like a, he's got so much mass on such a small body. But yeah, 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 fun match. But Ray Phoenix too, he's not exactly a small person either. He might not have like the muscle mass of somebody like Pac, but he's from somebody who's seen him wrestle live before. No, he's no, not a think, small person you know, at all. A wrestler you'd think of as a as a small cruiserweight guy. If you were to, you know, I'm sure if you were to meet them in real life, you'd think. Oh my god, they are massive. 
There's a difference, lads. I mean, the wrestlers normally are over six foot, but Neville, you know, I mean, Neville Pack, sorry, um, he's average. You know, he's the normal size for a normal person. What is he? You might have to check it well, but I bet he's about five nine. But everybody else, normally in the wrestling business, are well over six foot. And even some of the six footers, yeah. Look I've small, just, I, so I've, just, I've just googled it. Um, You're right, he's about five eight. Um, and he's always been kind of yeah. pegged as this small guy, but you know, he's he's small, he's definitely small for a wrestler, but he he, he uses that to his advantage, yes. I think. He's got a very unique, he's got a very unique look and a very unique sort of wrestling style. Uh, so is Pac the biggest, smallest wrestler of all time? No, they'll be bigger than him. I mean, Ray's pretty big when he was on it. I, do you know what? I think. Towards this is getting quite dark, but towards the end of his life, Eddie Guerrero tacked on so much, so much muscle, oh, so much yes. mass on him, and he was he still just had this small frame. Um, I think he was yeah he was a he was a small guy who was always slightly paranoid about being a small guy and just tried to tack on so much muscle and mass in it and it you I know and it his heart couldn't take it in the end. How big was he though? I bet he was about six Eddie. foot, Eddie. Wow, yeah. Eddie was 5'11". Eddie, Eddie was 5'11". I think he was around like 220, 225 maybe. I think at his biggest. I think around that time could though, be you wrong. had all these bigger guys who were starting to realise that smaller guys could make money as well. So they were sort of negging them and going, oh no, yeah. you're small, you can't draw money. You know, the Kevin Nashes and the Hulk Hogan's of the world. Vanilla Midgets, yeah, all those, all those amazing Vanilla talents midgets. that kind of they got they got pigeonholed as small guys, even though they were, you know, arguably starting to get more popular. They were they were sort of held down a bit, which is a shame. I think you know at this at this point in in 2021, I don't think that stigma is there at all. You know, wrestling is full of small guys that can do amazing things. We say small, but again, they're the same yeah. size oh, as he's, us. He's, you know, he's, he's absolutely wrestling. bigger than me. He could knock seven shades out of me <laughs> so um a bit weird as the dives again but i'm not gonna snap it if just a quick you know it, it was what it was i mean rating guys oh, it's tr- it's tricky because you, you kind of can't re-rate it as a wrestling match you'd probably rate it as an angle more than anything because it's just uh it was just a, just to kind of put over pack and phoenix i'd give it for what it was i'd give it an eight minus I mean, you're basically rating yeah, their yeah. work, aren't you? You know, not the match. I mean, how do you think of their work? I thought then, it, everything they did was just really crisp, really smooth. This match was just, it was, for, again, like I say, for what it was, it was really good. You know, it was just, it was purely to get over those talents and and it, and it, and it succeeded. I, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. I'll give it a B. Again, it, there were a couple of botches. It, there wasn't loads. I'll tell you what I did notice with them. Um, I believe that one went for a head kick and one went to go and sweep the legs. And it was just a disaster. It was just a head kick. And it looked, you know, the lead suit just went nowhere. It looked really, really bad. Um, 
But apart from that, there were just a couple of things because they're working so quickly because they are very quick guys. And with the camera angles that they do, they do weird camera angles. Unlike the hard cam in WWE, they kind of do it sideways so you can see everything that happens. Does that make sense? I know what you mean, yeah. I think AEW's had some kind of unique camera work. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. Um, It's it's definitely a new style of doing it, so it's not always to everyone's taste. So because they do it like that, though, and um, unlike seeing it normally, like, if that was like a, on the WWF one, you know, even, um, you wouldn't be able to see that it didn't connect with that lab sweep. But because, you know, the camera angle, then it doesn't. So but that, again, otherwise, if it wasn't for the little tiny botches, it would have gone up to an A. Uh, Rich, what about you? See, I, I'm, if the match really was like too short for me to actually like grade it. But just, if I... If I'm just grading it on just a straight match, I'm just saying it's a C. But I'm just only saying that because it's, like I said, it's a 30-second squash match where literally one team was oh, doing yeah. all the Well, moves. I wouldn't oh. say it's a match. Then, like, like I was saying with Will, because um, we'd all agree it's a C, it was the match. What do you think of their work, though? What would you give their work a rating? Oh, if I... They could have they could have easily have wrestled a loaf of bread and probably could still make it a, a three- to four, five-star match, you know? I, their work was actually crisp it, leading up for the uh, <clears throat> it, it was definitely a good lead up to you know let them know hey we're going to be the favorites in this tag team battle royal so in that aspect yeah that's a, that's an A quality work right there yeah, right that's good then moving on what's the next uh, match so next we had the, the Chris Jericho and MJF press conference <clears throat> did you what, did you what did you think to this uh, was, was it not the women yeah. before this yeah, yeah. are you sure the We've also after we've also got another match after this before the women's match. <laughs> okay, my yeah, list yeah. is totally wrong, then, boys. Um, well, I tell you something, right, guys? While we go in there, MJF put downs. You know, for a wrestling match, you can bury someone just by a promo. I saw The Rock doing it before with Billy Gunn when he literally stopped his push with a promo. This when he calls out <laughs> reporter Turkey Tits. Oh my god, I died. I thought that's the. That was Conrad that he called him. That was Conrad yeah. Thompson. So that he Conrad, called they, I think so they did quite a clever like, oh, thing where man. they kind of kind of gave the impression that it's like a big media event. They had Conrad Thompson, who does about he yes. does more podcasts than there are days in the week, and you know he had Eric Bischoff as well. I thought it was an, it was a, it was just really funny. Yeah. I love Chris Jericho and MJF when they can lean into the more physical comedy aspect of it. They 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 sort of know what characters yes. they're playing, and they're quite good at being. You know these slightly, you know, massive ego heels, which I, I just thought it was—it was really, it was really fun. It was a nice change of pace to kind of lean into actual comedy. Their put downs was so brutal. It was if that was a WWE crowd, he would forever <laughs> be known as Turkey Tits. Oh. There was um, Bischoff as well with Jericho. It was Bischoff come up like, hey, I know we've known each other for a long time, so I'm just going to direct this to you. And, um, you know, when he goes into it and then Jericho's like, who the hell are you? You know, the, the whole thing with, I think Jericho worked. He got, he's got a lot of criticism recently, Jericho, with his whole Trump supporting, you know, attitude and not only just that the whole thing when he did a, a concert as well with COVID restrictions but is 
What do you, do you think he's stopping talent coming through? I I've, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I've really like I've really enjoyed Jericho in AEW because he's he's got he's gotten enough wins to make him still seem like he's a superstar. But he's a, he's surrounded himself and put himself in angles with young talent that weren't you know they weren't household names before being associated with him in AEW. So people like Sammy Guevara, LAX, you know, doing and all these angles that have elevated people. So I I think it's I think it's been a good usage of him, and I think him and him and MJF have been a really good pairing. Well, because, well because of uh, Jericho, I now know who Orange Cassidy is. I didn't know who he was before. Uh, Rich, I'll ask you a quick question as well relating to this. Do you think doing silly, ridiculous angles like the whole throwing in a pool of orange champagne, even though how ridiculous it is, do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? I can't see how if I can't see how it's a bad idea because from what I've seen and you know that Jericho has done nothing but put everybody over, if I if I'm not mistaken. Like Jericho has been such a great asset for AEW. Yeah, he might be questionable on certain things he does outside the ring, but that's near the neither here nor there. If we're just talking about, you know, the 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 amount of things that, you know, he's been able to do since being in AEW. Like I said, he's great for the company. He even though he he he's older, he can't work like he used to. But the things that he can't do, what he used to do, is now making up for it by being this character that we all know how good of a character Chris Jericho is doing any type of, you know, bit of. Can of he still do the springboard, uh, Rich? The 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 white yes. lion salt. I believe he can. I think he messed it up like one yeah, time. It was, but I, think it was I believe a few he weeks still hits ago, it pretty he regularly. Kind of did a very, very sloppy looking lion salt and kind of got a lot of flack for it. And then the next week he hit a picture perfect one and just looked straight into the camera and smiled. And just say, yeah, you know, I can still do it, which I thought was quite funny. Um, I, as an angle, I thought this, this whole press conference was really good. And the angle that happened after it, I thought was good as well. Um, Matt, Matt Jackson is a surprisingly good promo. Obviously, obviously, the young bucks come down to interrupt as well. Yes, I, I looked at these groups right, and as you guys have getting me into AEW, I thought these guys are going to get interrupted. It's a perfect, you know, I've seen it a thousand times before. They're going to get interrupted. It's going to end up in a big brawl, you know. But I was thinking, this is my logic: if you're a back character in these do you stick with it or do you split up and make your name in a group if you're a lower character would you want to be associated with a, uh, a faction or would you rather not so if you're going into the wrestling industry well for instance would you want to be part of a faction or would you try to you know want to build yourself up in a way i say if apollo cruz for instance was to join um, the head of the table you know that kind of family do you reckon that's a good or a bad um, idea i mean it's it's difficult because i think so many wrestlers have have been able to build build successful careers off the back of coming in through factions factions is something that AEW used really really well it's kind of gone out of fashion in wwe for the for the past few years but factions are really good for being able to get multiple talents over at the same time AEW, I think AEW gets a lot of criticism for right. having too many 
too many wrestlers, which is something that I I sort of agree with yeah, as well. But being able to put them in factions and kind of maximizing their minutes where you can have multiple people on screen at the same time involved in a storyline. I I you know I think that's that's great because it can get over so many characters at the same time. So yeah, I, I think factions are a good thing. And it's something that AEW did wrong. Would if I you wrestler, be a part of one? There's a lot of uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, that's a massive thought experiment to the point where I'm a wrestler. Um, I, I don't know if I can answer that question really. <laughs> just, a, just a yes or a no? Would you or would you like to go um, alone? You know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll start off in a faction and then I'll and then I'll become a multi-time champion and go into the Hall of Fame. I'll do, I'll do it that way. If 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 you insist on making me choose, nice. I'll do it that way. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. That's I did insist. Thank you. We will do though. Will um, eventually yeah. that'd be a great little thought provoking of how Will would uh, start his career out. That would be, would a, be a, a lot of a lot laugh. of things. Would have Rich, to go would you be in, a fight in, in my favour? Uh, <laughs> well, the diva. Will Perfect. Will Randy Orton in it? And then I turn out to do Ted uh, DiBiase Junior. <laughs> and just like fade away. Uh, Rich, would you want to be in a faction? Um, yeah, I think I think factions, if done properly, can be the best thing on a show. If, if I obviously the inner circle is probably the best faction in AEW by far, and I think it, it's kind of just perspective. If you were to ask me personally, if I were to be in a faction or by myself, I want to get booked. So if they want to put me in a faction, cool. If they want to book me to be a guy who loses 80 matches in a row, cool. Am I going to get me booked? That, that's I, that I answer. I think that's a great you point. Know? I like Will's answer as well in regard. And of course, I was thinking of the difference of um, if, you, if you were to do a small <laughs> faction, then that way, you know, you can have multiple stars that comes out of it. You know, I mean, look at the shield. They made three mega stars out of it. Then you look at the old NWOs uh, when everybody joined it, then you get nobody. You know, you only get a couple of stars and the rest of them just turn into jobbers. It depends what kind of faction you build, doesn't it? Um, but, oh God, we've gone on a massive tangent again. I'm so- <laughs> Yeah, anyway, the review for this. Um, what we're taking I thought it was out really it. good. I thought, the, I thought the angle at the end in particular when you get the double the double table spot i think i think i can't remember which way around it was i think nick jumps nick jumps off the entrance way and then matt does a big running elbow off the stage through um to the table i i'll just interrupt you quickly well if you if you just want to run down so they do the promo if you just want to do a step-by-step yeah, step so what Chris, actually so happened Chris Jericho and mjf do the press conference they take questions from the previously mentioned turkey tits uh, someone, someone from Barstool Sports, who yeah. interestingly enough was actually he was on the NXT Takeover pre-show, I think a couple of weeks ago when that happened. So that was kind of a weird, weird thing to see him there as well. Um, Matt, yeah, the young bucks come down. They do a big, they do a big promo about their dad because this 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 feud is apparently about dads. Um, the Jer- Jericho and MGF did a pretty good beatdown of of the young bucks' dad. I think it was I think it was either a week or two ago. Um, and that's kind of given quite a lot, of, a lot of heat yeah. to this feud. Matt Matt tells Jericho if it wasn't for AEW, he'd be jerking the curtain at, at the performance center, which I think was kind of a it was kind of a petty line. Ooh. It was you, I don't think AEW should really be outwardly 
saying things like that. I don't know what you guys think, but it's that that came across as just sort of unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, Will. I I, I think the less the less mention of NXT or WWE in a in a content of of trying to bury them yeah they should, should, should be shown at all you should just be you know you better, put on good matches have good feuds you don't need to constantly say we're better than wwe let the you know let the fans think that you don't have don't have your don't have your wrestlers come out on tv and say our wrestlers are better than right. their wrestlers it shouldn't exist in that world Exactly. You're automatically being reminded of the bigger company. You don't even mention number two. And obviously AEW, they're not number one, but they should always they should always have that mindset. You don't need to mention the competition. (laughs) The dad's after the dad's Yeah, so after the dad's spot we kind of get a big brawl. Obviously Santana and Ortiz are in the ring, the whole inner circle are in the ring. Uh Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson come out. There's kind of a big brawl, and then, like I said, the big the big table spot. So I've just so I just checked it. Yeah, Nick Nick does a I think it's a moonsault off the entranceway through Santana on a table, and at the same time, Matt does a big running elbow, a big Cactus Jack style elbow actually through the through Ortiz on another table, which I, I thought yeah. that was really fun. I like how our review will probably take <laughs> longer than the show, as it's a. It makes me laugh. Well, I, I agree what you're saying. Um, as a new watcher of AEW, I've noticed that they mentioned WWE a hell of a lot more or reference it more than, you know, than they should. It just remind me a lot too much of the WCW days where they're just like, oh, yeah, bums on seats. And, you know, they they push for it yeah, way too I, hard, to honest, I believe. In AEW, it's not something I've noticed a lot. It, it jumped out at me in this promo, but I can't... I. Again, I hadn't actually watched Dynamite for a couple of weeks. I can't remember any kind of other other instances where it's just been so on the nose, where it's where they just kind of reference WWE. It's it's definitely yeah. Well, there's a there's one that I remember off the top of my head. It was like one of the first uh, few episodes of of Dynamite. Jericho was cutting a promo with the Inner Circle, and I think it was actually I think the first Inner Circle promo that they had and i remember the, the crowd were chanting you know we the people for uh jake hager and jericho said that was a that was a stupid gimmick from a stupid writing team i, I, I don't remember the exact quote but basically just bashing wwe's you know you know stupid creative you know yeah i i remember from wwe and that ain't gonna work here in AEW. A because again you there's no point mentioning WWE but also in the context of a wrestling show you probably shouldn't reference the fact that wrestling shows have writing teams you know you should at least you should at least pretend that yeah. there should be at least some suspension of disbelief yeah I mean yeah, but, I, but that, I think it's again, well that, known no, by that, that annoys now. me because I, I think that's that point. logic for literally any any other show if I'm watching an episode of I don't know like a, t- a t- EastEnders yeah you wouldn't have Phil Mitchell go, oh, you know, yeah. I can't believe I've, I was an alcoholic. That was a dumb storyline. Who came up with that? Like, you should, within the universe of the show, you should at least yeah. pretend that it's that it's kind of logically following a, a storyline. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, I can't yeah, get that over enough. Well, I'm, I'm Andrich, mate. I know what you're saying, but it reminds me again. I know I said it before of like when WCW was going, you know, oh, it's pointless, you know, all these marks and the biz. And then you start talking wrestling talk. And it just, once you go down that yeah, road, because, you can't you know, recover. What, if in, in one segment, if you basically say, look, wrestling's fake, what do you then, what do you then do in the next segment? Because you basically just yeah. gone. Don't worry. This, this, you know, this is real. Uh, all the other, all the other stuff on the show is fake, but this is real. We're shooting now. We're talking shoot language. We're using our real names. And then in the next yeah. segment, so what is that also real or is that fake again? It's, it's sort of, it's why Vince Russo annoys me so much. Um, yeah. Just that kind of that that blurring yeah. of the lines. Either commit to it fully agree. or don't do it at all. Well, yeah, yeah. And just don't do it all, like like you like like Leah, just like what you've just said there is I go, oh yeah, all that crap before, you know, with the storylines, they were bad, so we're gonna do this and go. You've just said it's all fake. You've literally just said that. So exactly, what's the yeah. point so of I even think watching that's some, this? That's it's something that slightly annoyed me in this segment, and I think yeah, they should avoid that wherever possible because it just it just comes across as comes across as a bit petty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved it though. Great segment. I'd give it an egg. Did you? So, did you also see the um, uh, video package for the exploding barbed wire death match that's coming on this Sunday? Jim Cornette did a very, very good point. I know you. I know. I know. Before <laughs> you start, however, uh, he was yeah. saying, I don't know why. Before that, I'm pretty. I don't know who owns the rights to it, but they should have shown the first ever match for the, it. The first ever exploding barbed wire match. Yeah, and and, and explain yeah, why I, they're I doing think, it. Well, they, they definitely you know they did I mean? a bit in explain this video why. package. They had at Sushi Onita, who I don't know if you if you'll be familiar with him, Jay, but he's kind of yeah. the sort of pioneer of these bloody ex, extreme matches in Japan. He's had you know amazing matches with Terry Funk. McFoley when he was in Japan, he was in Japan. So he, I think he's like the inventor of the exploding barbed wire death match. So I think that was that was really good to kind of have yes. that have that presence of him. And it was it was just very cool to see him on on a national TV wrestling show because I've loved him for ages. He's um, it is great. Rich, what do you think of the exploding barbed wire match? I am intrigued and you got the two best people I think in the company to have this type of match um, personally I'm not a big fan of death matches per se um, but I'm intrigued I, I I don't even know what to expect at this point do you, Will do you mind giving me a quick little rundown on the, the wrestler they had on there again like you said, he was a yeah, pioneer so in, the, uh, in the deathmatch scene. He in, must in be in, Japan, his, I think right? he's in his 60s or 70s, right? In, uh, at the moment, but he's sort of like Terry Funk in that he's re- he's retired and come back about ten times. He's just had he's had so many retirements, but he's yeah. So he's basically the pioneer of kind of Japanese oh. extreme deathmatch wrestling. Um, a company called FMW in Japan, who are, I don't think are are active anymore. But he's had some he's had some insane stipulations for matches. There've been like piranhas involved and exploding expl- exploding shark tanks, uh, you know, yeah, flaming baseball bats, running like... irons, all that sort of shit. Um, <laughs> all right, one one last one one last thing though, and then we'll we'll move on. But 
Isn't that isn't FMW the promotion that I, I remember hearing a story about Sabu and it was like a fireman and the whole building that, caught on fire because they lost control that of sounds the flames right. I mean, and whatnot. I'll tell, I'll tell Do you know what I'm talking, referring to? When um, when when Mick Foley was signed to WWF in 1996, he was walking with Vince through an airport or somewhere, and a fan comes up to Mick and says, "Oh, I, re- I you know, Mick, I'm a really big fan. I love your stuff in FMW." And Vince just turns to the guy and goes, "I believe it's pronounced ECW." All, all he knew, all he knew of McFoley was oh, wow. this, you know, hardcore <laughs> fan had, had like tape traded his matches in Japan. I just thought that was really funny. Um, but no, yeah, any, any, oh yeah, completely. That's he just operates a, in his that's own little world. Move, going, obviously, though, obviously, the fan is wrong, <laughs> and I'm completely correct. I'm like, I'm looking forward to the match. I, I'm sort of with with you both in that I straight death deathmatch wrestling is kind of it's a really tricky thing to pull off bad deathmatch wrestling is horrible because you're just watching majority of the time people who work a deathmatch style can't work like a physical wrestling style they don't have the work rate to keep up with it so they just resort to just straight yeah weapon spots just walking around exchanging Oh my yeah, just cough, cough, and it's cough, just cough, it's just the most uh, boring paint by numbers. I'll hit you with a weapon, then you hit me with a weapon, then we'll jump off a big thing and one, two, three. I think Kenny Omega and John Moxley are gonna have they ha- they have the work rate to ju- to sort of use those for spots. It's not just gonna be the whole match is hit me with a weapon, hit you with a weapon, something explodes, one, two, three. There's gonna be there's gonna be some you know some exciting spots built into it. So I'm personally I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be very different to anything they've done as a as a big main event. So yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. I noticed that AEW as well have a lot of gimmick um, matches. Like recently. I mean, like I said, the pool and then this as well. And I don't know if it does them any for, and the thing is, right, that, that this is a big gamble, by the way, boys. I don't think you realize what a big gamble it is. If this is great, it'll put them to the next level. If this turns out bad, which is a very high chance of it, that'll be it. That'll be like, oh, this yeah, is your limit. Like, I think it is very, it's now. very risky because, They're like you doing. said, if it's bad, it could, it could just going to come across as really, really amateur. Yes. Well, I I have a question then. I, is this match going to be a cinematic type of match? I hope we never see or another cinematic match in wrestling like in again, the ring. Personally, I think it, I think I think I, I oh, don't mind them. Well, I really I enjoyed um, yeah, the Matt Hardy stuff in I TNA when they did like the first few times they did it. I thought that was good. I when WWE stopped. Oh, I the, so yeah. I'm assuming the, the boneyard bone zone match, whatever they called it. I just I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. I don't I don't like the like wrestling. I'm sorry. Wow. I just. Oh. What about the? Um, sorry, I'm trying not to interrupt you because of the audio. Um, and what do you think then, Will? And ask you after it about the Bray Wyatt then Bray Wyatt cinematic match. Um. It was with John Cena. It was it kind of operated in that weird space between wrestling match and short film, and it didn't. It was just I don't know. It, it got a lot of people very excited about what you could do with cinematic matches, 
and it's soured and it's soured a lot of people on it because it's just where yes. I mean I don't know it's not for me I'm not going to say it's objectively bad because obviously it's it's a new kind of presentation for wrestling and any and that's it's, wrestling should always be trying new things but for, personally for me I'm not a fan I yes. don't I think it kind of takes away from what a wrestling match should be well I mean so Rich No, I personally love the uh, cinematic style matches. If you're asking me about the Bray Wyatt John Cena one, man, it it's kind of amazing to me that WWE, as great of a storytelling company when it comes down to matches, you would think they would be on the ball much sooner when it comes down to cinematic matches. If you were to ask me, that, that match is like the pinnacle of storytelling wrestling in, in and of itself. And it's it's kind of fitting that we haven't seen John Cena since then, you know. And it's 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 kind of it, it, he's pulling true to to the match and whatnot. But like the quality of like you said, it's, it's either really good or really bad. It, it, there is yes. no in between uh, from from what I've seen. Like like there's great great cinematic matches. Like like I said, like the broken uh, Hardy gimmick stuff that was great. The John Cena Bray White, great boneyard match, great. Oh, the five, but then yeah. there's a Firefly, a Firefly House match, mm. or whatever that was. With Orton, God, that was bad. Yeah. And then the the the, the, the Street Profits and Viking Raiders somehow turned oh, into. I would completely forgotten about that. A, and then, a cinematic and then, match. And then a showed up randomly, and then was that, was that what happened? Uh, oh, of course he was. Yeah, that's oh, the then, big the big ninja is almost. Why is the ninjas ninjas not be? Uh, is that a Vince thing? I don't get it. What? Hundred percent. That's Vince. No, no chance that it's anybody else but Vince yeah. McMahon. Anyway, off topic again. What did we think? Go, it was a good. It was a good. So, so moving on, next boys. Match. What do you, do you? We used to, so it was sorry I'm just going to put my thing so it was uh, FTR the re, what, formerly known as the Revival with Tully Blanchard uh, against the Jurassic Express oh, Luchasaurus Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt Jay are you familiar at all with the old man that was wrestling with FTR Tully Blanchard what's his name sorry what 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 did you think to him in this match I know that name. This is, this, this um, is with with my favourite, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I love Luchasaurus. Anything with Luchasaurus, <laughs> I give this an A. It's incredible. He's a dinosaur I, and a wrestler. Personally, personally Tully Blanchard is He's one of my favourite old school wrestlers. So to see to see him wrestling again, I mean, I can't. I don't know how old he is. He must be in his sixties or seventies. But that was just. Yeah, well, so he, so he, he, was in, he was in the Four Horsemen. Um, they had many sort of different lineups, but the most I think the most famous one is Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and um... actually no, who was no, it wasn't Magnum TA. I'm trying to think who the was it Magnum so TA? Was it Magnum TA?
Yeah, yeah. So Tully Blanchard, he was in the original Four Horsemen in um, in WCW. They've had they had like a lot of different lineups, but the most famous one is Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Ole Anderson. So this was a kind of real nice continuity because you had all you also had JJ Dillon who came out with this group as well. He was he was the manager of the Four Horsemen in in WCW. So that was, that was just really nice for me to. I really enjoyed this because I I love old school wrestling. So wasn't it in the NWA that the Four Horsemen started, or was it WCW? I'm sure it was like yeah, Jim so the, yeah. The Coffee. end the NWA it started in the NWA, but then the NWA became WCW in ninety. Oh no, sorry, eighty eight or ninety one. I think when um, Ted Turner bought it. Yeah, but it yeah. was like Jim Crockett Promotions, wasn't it? Something. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I th- I thought this was a really fun match. What did you What did you think? What do you think to Tully Blanchard wrestling at his age? No, it shouldn't happen. To, to oh. be honest, I, I thought they did their like finisher as well, and that was the end of it. And then the, like they was meant to jump in, but it seemed a bit of a delay in it. Um, it kind of, that bit took me out of it. Yeah, you know. Well, um, I, I thought they they did the kind of the closing angle to it quite a good when you had. Sean Spears, the former the former Ty Dillinger, because he's he's managed by Tully Blanchard as well. They kind of yeah. had him come back and help them win. Rich, what did you think? I thought it was cool. It was nice to see Tully Blanchard. I believe this is the first time I've ever really seen Tully Blanchard wrestle. In it, you know, for a man who hasn't apparently stepped in the ring in what ten plus years or so, you know. I thought he. Um, looked, I, I thought he looked great. I thought he, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he was in really good shape. He was obviously he, he's one of those kind of old school wrestlers who I don't think they'll ever really lose it. You know, even even as old as he is, he can well, still he can still go. He, yeah, yeah. For for the 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 like for the amount of stuff that he did that he can physically do, he did pretty good. You know, but I, I'm sure 25, 30 plus years ago, he was amazing. You know. But like I said, the effort was there. You could see that, you know, he was Fought was it. trying. But but, but I kind of want to see a one-on-one. If if he's going to wrestle again, if Tully Blanchard wrestles again, I want to see a one-on-one match between him and Marco Stunt. Oh, oh wow. Yes, please. Too bad. Oh, I think that would be phenomenal. You could just he's throw Marco around. 60 years old. How much things do you think? The only way you can get old, uh, away with old, old wrestlers doing it is by making like a street fight or something so people can get involved to help them. I get that, but I I feel like with Marco Stunt being him, he's him being so small, Tully Blanchard can play a, a, a giant compared. He can literally play a, a giant. So he could just do hard, hard strikes big throws and all, all that type of stuff to somebody like Marco who can fly around really easily. What do you think, Will? Because I totally disagree at this point. I think he could, he wouldn't be able to survive with his agility. He's 60 years old. I thought, I thought this is, again, this is a really fun use of him. He's obviously, this isn't going to be a regular thing. This is obviously, this is the first time he's wrestled in AEW. I think that yeah. with FTR, the revival, that's been really, really good because they're that sort of old, old, old school style yeah, you know Tully and T- Tully, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. They were they tagged together as the Brainbusters. They're one of my favorite tag teams in history. So I think that's been a really good. It's been a really good pairing. Yeah, I can you know, for what it was, it was really good. He's not going to be doing it every week. He, I don't, I don't remember seeing him botch any spots. He was moving pretty well. Um, they did a really nice, fun bit of 
kind of I think when he when he came out when the, the title belts they were wearing, they 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 were the original title belts he won in the NWA. I think he had the TV television championship, and I think, I think the FDR were, they came out wearing his old tag belts, which I just thought that was a really nice fun little sort of nod yeah. to the nod to the past. Do you think he could have a one on one match though? Um, I would, I would love to see him in a one-on-one, one-on-one match with Marcus Stunt, like Rich said. I think that would be a nice, a nice fun mix of styles. Mm. I think, like I've, always, I've said this before, it's always fun seeing different wrestlers face each other. So, like, some someone where you, you've got like an old, old school style veteran in Tully Blanchard against this tiny high flyer in Marcus Stunt. I think that'd be a really entertaining match, and I think, AU, I think AEW could do that well. I've kind of they've kind of always delivered in terms of those weird matchups that you don't think would work on paper but end up doing. I mean, you talk about cinematic matches and everything. I think that'd be a perfect thing. But going back to that just quickly, I know he's talking about that. I think that should only be done maximum once a year. I mean, maybe even twice. Um, I mean, once every two years. I don't mind them, but not all, you know, it should be very once in a while for people who can't work. I think that's the only time you should really do it. Or like, so, um, I mean, when I think about it now, we'll kind of like ruin that match for me with Cena. Because it was like a small movie. It wasn't even a wrestling match now I think of it. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very polarising when it came out. I, it's just it's just not for me I don't I'm not gonna sit here and say all cinematic matches are terrible because I think there have been some examples of it being good but I think when WWE started doing them more regularly they got very self-indulgent with it and it just it kind of it lost all of that initial charm for me rich do you think they'd rather be a movie studio than the a wrestling company WWE I'm sorry can you say that again please do you think be do you think WWE'd rather be a a, a movie company rather than a wrestling company. Well, I, I think they've shown throughout their history they can't be a movie company. Yeah, not not that they can't be; they're terrible at it. However, you know, I think they'd rather do that than actually be a wrestling company. You know, personally, maybe that's what Vince wants, but yeah, that's that's a completely different story. I think once he hands down the reins, which he won't, until he's literally on death's door because he's got nothing else to do. Um, of course. I The, the wrestling's going to pick up so much. But I like Ty Dillinger in this match. I mean, what what's his name? Jay Spears now? Sean Spears. Sean Spears. He, I, see, I know Sean Spears um, due to the fact of his name was such a big thing in the Indies, wasn't it, Sean Spears? And uh, all the excitement of him coming to WWE was so hype. Wasn't he ringing up honor as well? I don't think so. He was so he was in. I don't think he was on the independence kind of properly. He I was think. in. He was in developmental for what seemed like ages. He, I think he was originally I think he was like TNA or something, or you know. I don't. I, I don't think so. Um, if it, it was, it was very, very brief. And unmemorable. Yeah, I remember the, the, the all his hype kind of came in. The, the his his, was his yeah his couple of years in NXT when he was when he was the perfect ten, but even then he was in he was he so he first signed to WWE developmentally in two thousand and six. Just I've just looked now, um, and he, uh, yeah, he, he never really had any kind of hype on the indies or anything. He always just kind of fl- he kind of potted around FCW and the early years of NXT. Wasn't Sean Spears involved like with a 
like a like a a, a skit I think in WWE during the the revilation oh, of DX. He yeah, was he um, was Stan. Yes. Oh, he was. <laughs> he just kicked Stan, and that was and that was Sean Spears. Yeah. So yeah, so that was. Hey, what's your name? Yeah. I'm Stan. Super kicks him, and he goes, "I just super kick Stan." <laughs> but it, it's weird. It's Amazing. weird that that came like you know, ten years before he made it to the main roster. Oh he bounced, no. he bounced around developmental for so long. I think I don't know. He's kind of underwhelmed me in AEW. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad you yeah, said that. I, because he came in with so much hype being in the biggest feud with Cody at the time. And then it just went nowhere. It literally just died. Yeah. It is it he was we did he wrestle on dynamite at all after his feud with Cody? I don't he's not been a massive mainstay. I think because I know he's done he was on like a winning streak for a while on dark, but then even he wasn't he hasn't even been on dark no he's I, he's not been in he's not been in aw since december he just he's just not been he's just not been there my my problem with sean spears is that all of his hype and all of his fan support is because of the 10 gimmick which is a which is a good gimmick and deserves kind of praise whatever but that's all that's kind of all he was i think i think i'm maybe i'm being a bit harsh but i don't i just don't think he's that remarkable a wrestler I'm, no I agree and, and once you get past the the chanting of the 10 and stuff that's all great but then that's that's sort of it he's a very one note character right 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 definitely I, would, I, I agree with you 100% on that one I didn't really see him to be honest guys I, what I remember is everyone saying how great he's going to be and everything he had a was he not the Spears on the independent scene that I'm thinking of? Because I just remember a Spears second name uh, and everyone raving about him. It, it must be Sean Spears, but I don't know if I'm thinking of someone else. There's, there's no one that's come into mind. Um, but no, he no, he never really had anything anything to do on the indies. He's kind of a, like I said, like a, a developmental person for years and years. Well, um, yeah, I, they probably took him off TV due to the fact to get him into this angle. But this all happens, and he's been underwhelming AEW mainly because the roster is just way too big. It's just way too big, and this is one of, I'm afraid, one of the things that happens when you've got a massive roster. You will get lost in the shuffle, and thank God for factions because if, like we were saying earlier. If you haven't got a faction, then he's not even going to be on TV at the moment. Well, that's I think so. What they what they did at the end of this match is to kind of formally bring right. in FT, FTR Tully and Sean as a stable because he was kind of he yeah. was he was Tully Blanchard's client and FTR were Tully's clients as well. But they just they've always been kept separate. So I think finally putting them into a big stable together that does make sense. And obviously they had they had the thing at the end where Arn Anderson comes out, he gives the Four Horsemen salute to. Uh, JJ Dillon and Tully Blanchard. So I don't know. I don't quite know what they're going to do there. If they're going to, if they're maybe going to do another Four Horsemen, I think that could that could be quite interesting. Oh, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have Sean Spears me. in it, but that's another thing. The the first match we watched, yeah, there was a spine buster in it because you were just saying about Arn, one of the worst spine busters I've ever seen. Was that in, that in the first match? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, no one can do a spine buster uh, on. I mean, Triple H does a good one, but Arn's just is amazing. It looks like that actually will break your spine. 
Triple H basically got the spine buster from Arn Anderson. So that pretty that's pretty much the exact same spine buster that Arn did is what Triple H did. You can tell. It's fantastic the way he does it. It was uh, no one can tell me. It, <clears throat> I challenge our listeners to when they reminisce about the attitude area to go and watch it. A full couple of matches. The wrestling is just bad, you know. Yeah, that that was the that was the problem with kind of this rose rose tinted glasses about the attitude era. The wrestling was very spotty for a lot of it. It was it's only really in like I'd say two thousand two thousand and one where you've got really good when you've got a solid good mid card. And you know in ninety ninety eight and ninety nine when the product is really hot, you've just got some awful matches going on, which is kind of people don't really remember about that. But speak speaking Um, of uh, WWE and the attitude era. The, new, the newest the newest signing <laughs> comes out Paul White formerly the big show formerly the giant formerly the new year's baby formerly <laughs> formerly uh, the crying man formerly formerly the baby face Wait then there. the heel then heel. the baby face then the heel ba- then the baby face I've gone to the toilet come back <laughs> oh he, is he a heel yeah he's heel but he's turned face four times in that yeah. time oh he's crying he's not crying He's uh, he, he's on your team. Just want to, I just want to point out his his shirt. What a great shirt! It's so simple and, and whatnot. And there's, that just that's a big shot to WWE. Yeah, the, the no right more, there. no more BS shirt. A wink, wink and a nod to uh, being Big Show again. I, that that's the that's the sort of thing that doesn't bother me as much as this as the as the line from the um. Chris Jericho promo, just because it's kind of not you can you can look at it and just go, oh, that's no more BS. That kind of it only it, it only works if you know what he was in WWE. Um, I disagree. I think again they said too much about WWE in this promo. Yeah, it was very much like, hey, they was about to say how bad I was and tried to retire me, but I had so much more. Oh, they don't know what they're doing. You know, it's just stop naming about it. You know, really, please, just stop. I, I don't, I, yeah, I don't remember that from I the promo. Think... I think the main thing is that they, he's hyped this new signing for um, Sunday at Revolution. I, do, I can't, I can't predict who it's going to oh, be. Oh. I've got, I've got no clue. I have. Well, I, I, I don't think it's a wrestler. Really? I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's going to be Mauro Ranello. Interesting. Interesting. I reckon. I hope it's not the king. <laughs> well, that well the thing is, I think the, the key is that he said it's going to be a hall of fame worthy talent. So it's not going to be. Oh, did he say yeah. that? Did he say that word for? Yeah. Word? So I don't think it's going to be anyone yes. in that's already in the hall of fame. It's a hall of fame. Yeah. Tony Atlas. <laughs> I, I think he's in the hall of fame. Um, isn't he, he might be. Yes. I I think it. I think yeah, it is yeah. going to be a wrestler. Oh. It would be a wrestler. So who, so who would you say? Based, purely based off, I don't know if you'd have seen it today, but Kurt Angle's post a, he posted a video on Twitter sort of like this. Kind of, like it was kind of, it was him um, with like audio from like his career, various moments and stuff. Him putting on all his different singlets and shirts and stuff. And at the end it says to be continued. I think that, that, could, yeah, be a, that could be a hint. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, I, I, th- I think oh, that would be good. That would be, that would be huge. But do we do we really want to see Kurt Angle in a ring again? I know I don't. 
Not, af- not after Angle, the last year or but... so he had in WWE. It, it just it was a bit it was a bit sad. Uh, well, his body just can't handle it no, anymore. His body, his body I, couldn't I, handle it in 2007, like, let alone 2021. Yeah. Drew. Well, Perk Angle was on was oh, on a that roll. Was, that was know? an incredible period when he was he he just looked like a shell of a man. He was he was just kind of oddly. I thin. liked it when he went for TNA, and he won everything. I loved that bit, but. You just need a break in between. You can't, at his age, you can't hit the road full time. They should just like, I know they like getting people to go out and earn money on the road shows, but they should just save him for TV and that's it. That's what they should have I hope, yeah, I hope after, when, when, when they can start running regular shows with fans again, I hope they don't go back to doing a house show schedule. I think that's going to be one of the lessons yeah. that companies can learn from what's happened with this pandemic you don't you know it's a lot it's a lot easier on the wrestlers bodies to not just be going out and doing these random house shows everywhere i think they actually wwe they've run house shows at a loss they make they lose money for every house show they do are you sure i, I can't remember where i where i read it but somewhere oh. i think it's it you, you they, they don't make massive money off it i i hope for the, the sake of wrestlers bodies that they don't go back to a house show schedule maybe like occasionally but not every night is just it's just insane. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I very much doubt that they lose money. You know what they're like. They definitely will be in a profit. However, just don't send all your roster out. It's crazy. Just don't. Yeah. Um, but what? So so yeah. It's kind of a it's just, just a short little promo. So Big Show's coming back to do. He's gonna yeah. He's doing commentary on another show. It's basically Dark has its own Dark now, called AEW Dark Elevation. So it's going to be another it's going to be another show on YouTube. Tony Tony Schiavone and Big Show on commentary, and it's just going to, I think it's going to be the same sort of thing as Dark, just on a Monday instead. What do you, what do you think to that? I think that they've only brought him in for Shaq. That's I what think, it feels I think, like. Yeah, I, I think mean, they'll, they'll get to you... Shaq down the line, but I think initially it's just going to be commentary. Right. Yeah, if they only got him for Shaq, they would have already had him booked for a match with Shaq by now. So I mean, I, I think I think Will's right. I think once uh, he he was brought in, you know, for you know, obviously the name recognition, but I, I believe the main reason why he's in AEW is for the commentary role for you know Dark yeah. Evolution. I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'll probably I'll check out I'll check I'll check it out when it starts. I think it's going to start this Monday after um. After the pay per view, but yeah, it should be should be quite interesting. I I don't think he's done commentary before. I don't think he's ever been had had that sort of role. So it'll be interesting to see how we, how he does. I feel like I feel like it's a big hit or miss when it comes down to co- wrestlers becoming commentator commentators because it's either going to be really good or really bad. Like the worst commentator i can think of who well, well the who's not commentating anymore but was like mick foley mick foley for some reason he just couldn't get the grasp of it and even watching like one night stand 2004 you know it was just it was you could tell that he you know he did what he could but commentary just wasn't mick the, foley's the thing commentary in wwe is a very different beast i think you have to basically you have to basically be okay with vince making you say whatever he wants you to say and being able to talk about things going on in the ring while also listening to a senile man 
in your in your ear telling you what to say about it. You know, my, right. Michael Cole is. <laughs> He's just been sort of broken Even down if... over the years to the point where he's just a robot. But lo- loads of people who've done commentary at WWE have said that it's so difficult to do a do a job while you've got someone in your ear telling you what what you should say. I know Mick Foley said that he just couldn't handle having Vince in his ear all the time, and that's why he, that's why it didn't work out. Well, the thing is, it's funny you say this, right? Because <clears throat> excuse me. Um... Jim Cornette, I know, before you start, um, stated that it's totally different now. When Stephanie went to university and come back, they got rid of the booker. And when they get rid of bookers, they then change them for writers. So unlike, say, AEW, who basically use a booker in Tony Khan, who, again, just won Booker of the Year, which is crazy. Um, but, yeah, they do it totally differently. They actually have just writers and that makes things so much complicated and you know it really messes things up but with a booker you know you can do multiple things people who's done it for years upon years you know you won't just have this person just come out of writing school and started you know telling you what to do and the rest is like how can you tell me what to do you've only just started I don't know I just think it's a bad idea I think that you should just have a booker and go back to them days what, what do you think? Um, I, yeah, I think it's something we've talked about before. It's kind of the difference in sort of philosophies in how a wrestling show should be booked. I think you can, there should be a kind of combination of a, a, a traditional booker and then a, a writing team. Because you look, you look at what went wrong in WCW, it was too many people being involved in the writing process. You had, you know, like a booking committee and all that sort of thing. So I, I, I agree that wrestlers are best when, they, when, you know, for a promo, you get bullet points. You go out and you go out and you write. You want to mm. get this match over. You want to hit these. You want to hit these story beats. But you know, wrestlers should kind of know their own characters enough to sort of put their own spin on it and be sort of authentic to their voice. Um, yeah. Okay. What I'll do though is I'll just make a quick point. Is Paul a good signing or not, Rich? Paul's a great signing. Uh, he he's like I said he's going to bring name recognition in in into the company. He's already making he's already making positive strides in the company by becoming a uh, commentator. And pretty much everything at this point is just going to be on him. Who knows when when or if we get to see him in the ring again? Do you not think it's just like another? Hey, guess what? We've got another WWE guy. No. No, because I, I no because I feel like this was all on Paul White. Because I feel I, I feel like this was all on him because it was him that felt disrespected by WWE. You know, he made that decision to make the the jump. I don't necessarily know if AEW would have called Big Show because he. You would think he's one of the guys who's you know lifers when it comes down to WWE. Yeah. So who knows if they were if if he was even in their radar until you know recently? What, what do you think? Well, good signing or not? Yeah, I think it's a good signing. I'm, I've tried not to be sort of too cynical in terms of looking at it and going, "Oh, this is just a former WWE guy," because every, every in both companies, everyone is a former somewhere else guy. Do you know what I mean? It's like WWE basically hired everyone right. on the indies with any name recognition. You know the the performance center is just filled with 
wrestlers who are never really going to progress that far because they've been signed to keep them away from the indies and to keep them away from AEW. So, I, yeah, I, I don't have a go at AEW for signing ex-WWE talent because at the end of the day, everyone's hiring talent from somewhere. Um, and for all its faults, AEW does right. has done a lot more to showcase homegrown talent than I think WWE has done. Especially when you, if you, you think about homegrown, it's not just, oh, they were in NXT because they, you know, they, they've had years on the indies or whatever. AEW has taken people who've just had, you know, almost no experience and put them on national TV. So, I th- again, like, I've gone from a bit of tangent, but I think it's a good signing. I think he's going to do. I think he's going to be a good, uh, good asset to the company. Uh, yeah, that's great. So, promo. What are we giving it? You know, it just it was what it was. I thought it was. I think it was. It was, it was just nice to. It was. It was good to see him again because. He, I think it, all his yeah he, he looked he looked in shape he looked great you know he's obviously had a lot of fluctuation in his weight across his career so it was good to see him and, and sort of looking in good shape I'd give it you know uh, B, B plus good promo good 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 right well, we're moving we on to we are moving on to the women's eliminator tournament final match so it was only B- there was Ryu, Ryu Mizunami against Nyla Rose with uh, Vicky Guerrero in her corner. What did you think to this match, Jay? Uh, Vicky Guerrero is so weird. It's such a weird, you know, why? Why is Vicky Guerrero, Guerrero is, in it? Do you know what? It is a bit of a weird pairing to put her with Nyla Rose because you think of Vicky Guerrero as someone who does that kind of comedy character pretty well. And Nyla's always Net. been a really good kind of dominant monster heel so it's yeah i the, the pairing isn't quite for me i love i just love seeing vicky guerrero back on tv i maybe would put her with someone else um i thought this was a really good match i love i love both of these wrestlers it was a good kind of sort of kind of blending that kind of japanese style with a high work rate especially for you know in terms of women's matches doing doing moves that you'd associate with you know just these are these are high impact yeah. high impact wrestling moves and it's a it's a style that hasn't really been seen that much in america mm-hmm. which uh, you know the influence of kenny omega getting loads of japanese women wrestlers on the show has been he's been a massive influence i know what you're saying but i i just feel like aew should not have vicky guerrero <laughs> in there i feel like you know I, f- I feel like it does them a disservice and makes them a bit jokey what do you, you know? think rich I I think Vicky and Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose is actually a good uh, fitting because Vicky the Vicky that I remember from WWE she was the worst out of like she she was like the best bad guy on that show on Monday Night Raw every week as the general manager she brought so much heat to herself uh you know just through her saying excuse me like that's that's just that's just crazy talent, you know. Just but being so good at being a bad person that you could just—that's like the Chris Jericho effect. He, you can literally turn least, anything we, into their favor. Um, and Nyla, and I, and I think they want to build Nyla Rose as their their big killer type of heel wrestler. And why why not put the biggest heat seeker with the biggest? Yeah, yeah, that's true. In I, the women's I was division. surprised that she didn't win the tournament actually. Because Ryo Mizunami, who who won this match, we should say, 
she's not had a great deal of um, exposure on AEW. Obviously, they did. They basically did half the tournament in Japan. Don't know if you guys have watched some of the stuff that's been on YouTube. It's been really, right. it's been really, really good. I know there's been a lot. There's been a. There's been a. Yeah, I I checked out the I checked out uh, Rio's match when she faced Aja Kong, and I was I'm like, man, this was it was such a hard hitting and such a good match, and I became I'm becoming a fan and of, of Rio, and I think she's phenomenal. I'm hoping she's here to stay for you know I'm hoping she's here so. to stay for a little while. Problem, I've I've seen a lot of people kind of complain about the fact that half the tournament was just on on youtube and it was in japan i think if there wasn't a pandemic it absolutely would have been fully on AEW TV. it's kind of unfortunate that they've had to oh yeah it was it would have been massive it, it would have been it would have been their first breakaway like their first real good tournament yeah. I, think I think AEW it's, it's good they still went ahead with it i just think it would have it would have looked a lot different without the pandemic and I just, I, I don't know if you'll have, have seen all the matches, but Maki Ito, I adore Maki Ito. Oh, I'm not entirely. So I, I think she remind she, me I think who she, she was again. Her, her match in the tournament, but she has this amazing following on Twitter, and she just, she's, I mean, I can't really explain it. You'll just have, you'll have to Google it and just, um, kind of be from, more familiar with her. But she, I think she could be a really big addition to AEW if they can sign her in the future. She's just got a really unique, really unique character, and someone that I'd love to see on AEW full time. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense, guys. That makes total sense. Um, so, what did you think to the match overall, then, Rich? You know, I I think this match was probably match of the night if you if you were to ask me just like i said so many it was just an overall really good match and i'm almost willing to say that this is probably maybe not the best women's match in AEW's history but it's definitely up there with, with probably in the top two or three best matches AEW has produced when it comes down to the women's division you think that just because they had a really bad women's division will uh i yeah i think their their usage of the women hasn't been as good as as they 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 kind of built it up before dynamite started they said oh you know our women's division is going to be incredible they're going to get loads of exposure on tv and they've not always they've not always lived up to that they've always put the women in that semi-main event spot there's always been like just one women's segment on the show and it's it doesn't never really kind of has that fire um, I've loved I've loved this tournament though. I think it's been good to kind of sort of reintroduce everyone to the to the to the women wrestlers. Um, and I I'm really looking forward to Mizunami versus Hikari Shida. I think that's going to be really that's going to be really good. It was slightly odd that obviously we, after after the match uh, Hikari Shida comes down to give her the championship trophy and they have a little back and forth and Hikari Shida ends up. I love that. I, yeah, I, I it, thought that was It was weird great. that they have Shida come out on top of that exchange, considering that this is this is yeah she's the champion and this is an, it's a new challenge the that they're building up that hasn't been exposed on TV a lot. I would I would have thought they'd want to keep her a bit stronger than this. Um, I just loved how totally on the fly those elbows were because you could tell they did not plan that over that was just on the spot go 
because you could you could tell Sheeta looked so confused after that first elbow, and then you hear uh, Rio say, "Hit me, hit me, hit me, hit me," and that's that's when it started you know going off. I loved it. I thought that was that brings such a aggressive side to this match that you got. I think on this on the pay per view, this is going to be a really on a massive. Uh, lineup of uh, as Revolution's going to be. I think this one's yeah, going to I'm, be a I'm, sleeper I, hit. You know what? I'm looking looking at the card for Revolution now. It just it's very strong all over. Um, I'm, I mean, we should get into the next the next segment as well. Um, Sting, how, how what what do, how do you how do you feel about Sting's been in, in, in him in AEW? Well, just just before we go to um, that, what are you rating the match? I I'd give that an A minus. I think it was I think it was really, you know. Again, I I always like clashes of styles in wrestling, and I think having that kind of fast paced Japanese style against Nyla Rose's maybe sort of more traditional monster heel wrestling. Um, obviously, she, you know, she can do the big spots as well. But I thought it was just a really fun clash of styles, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the match at Revolution. Rich. Yeah, I, I give it an A as I give it an A as well. Uh, what I liked personally about that about this match is how uh, Rio showed so much tenacity. Because I'm not like I said, I'm not too familiar as you are, uh, Will. But you'd yeah. say her leg drop is like her finishing move, correct? So I loved how many times she attempted the leg drop as well. It showed that she. It was just that little aspect that I enjoyed about that whole match is because she was doing everything in her arsenal, plus doing it multiple times just so she could s- secure the win. I think this match is going, like I said, I think this match at Revolution is going to be really, really good. You know what they should do? They should get someone to like uh, do a guillotine. So someone's like finishing move. They should get them to hang out the ring and just like run up and do a flying knee into them or like a guillotine leg drop as a finishing move. I think that'd be really good. Yeah, that would be pretty good too. All like before we move on to, can we get a different belt for the women's? <laughs> can we get a different women's belt? That just looks. I don't know which one works looks worse, the NWA women's I'm belt sure, or the AEW women's belt. Quite yeah, it's not. It's not the best, is it? It's too. It's too sort of it's kind they of thin and like squashed toys. a little bit. Like the, the the center plate is it's almost like an oval sort of thing. Does it... Yeah, look at the NWA women's title belt. You that's probably that's worse than the AEW you know one. I that kind of, I kind of prefer like the NWA one now that I'm looking at it. I don't know if I'm looking at am I looking at the really? right one? I might be looking at the original one. Um no I I can't I Oh yeah, yeah. Look for the one that. Do you know what? I, I quite like it. I definitely prefer that to the AEW one. It's definitely it's too sort of thin and squashed. It's it. Do you know what? It's kind. Of, it's I think it's too yeah. much like a Japanese belt design. I think you can you can definitely tell that Kenny Omega had a lot of say in okay. designing that belt yeah. because it just it looks like an old AJW um, belt from the nineties. Um, I think it's yeah. It should it should look a bit more modern. You can have that kind of nod sure, to the past, cool. but it should it. Should just be slightly updated a bit. What is it? Have you seen the uh, NWA women's belt? It's got like a picture of a woman in the middle. I'm guessing that was the first champion or something. 
No, I think that's what whoever the champion is. I think oh, that's, that's who terrible. the pitcher that's is. A terrible flipping idea. I guess it's sort of like the side plates on the WWE yeah. belts, but just kind of taken to its extreme. I don't know. It's an odd. It's an odd choice. Extreme. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Don't do that. No. Um, just before we move on, what do you think to the belts? I mean, who's got better? I I love AEW's heavyweight championship for the men's. I think it's better than WWE's. Oh, if we're talking about our favorite belt. Not the belts, favorite belt, I, just who's got a for, better belt, WWE or AEW, just for the men's. Because this could be a whole different conversation. It's just a quick, who's got a you know better main event belt. Because the women versus um, the men's. I mean, what, what do you think to that world quickly? And then, Rich, uh, women's belt, AEW or WWE? I mean, it's pretty hard because WWEs are just generic. Yeah, I mean, the, the WWE women's belt is just the men's belt, but red or blue. So it's, yeah. I, I think AEW is good because they've had they've had different designs right. for all their belts. They each look unique from each other, whereas WWE, they, they've all, they all have the same basic shape now. It's just variations on colour. So I think AEW is more creative with their belts. I'd say WWE is probably probably more easily recognizable from a kind of brand perspective. But personally, I prefer I prefer the sort of uniqueness of AEW's belts. Yeah, me, me too. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. I as feel well. like they had too many uh, left over in marketing, so they would say, "Oh no, we just need to do the same one so we can ship out every." <clears throat> I can remember it when they um, unveiled the new women's belt and I was like, oh man, everyone was like, oh, Jesus. And then when they brought out the women's tags belts, everyone's like, oh, thank goodness it's a different design. It's still, it's an ugly design, but you know. Yeah. Uh, right, so next promo. Yeah, Did so you see Sting? Segment, uh, building up Sting and Darby Allen against, I can't remember who of who Team Taz are facing them at the, at the pay-per-view. But it's, I've, Oh, beautiful. I think it's the, Brian the best Cage and Ricky Starks. In, in Team Taz, I'd say. Um, I, I love... I've really enjoyed this for you. Oh, 100%. I think it's been really good to kind of... It's, they've not rushed into anything, I don't think. They've kind of kept it kept it going through promos and angles and that sort of thing. I'm really excited to see Sting wrestle again. Well, I think that's kind of the, the downfall of this whole thing as well, because it's literally been the same promo for like eight weeks in a row. And like, it, it just started becoming the same thing over and over and over and over and over. And I'm like, okay, maybe we should take a week where they don't air, where they're not on Dynamite, because it's literally the exact same promo from... Whichever way you want to present it, it, it was they're that, all basically fair, the same. To be honest. Um, I, I, I've I've sort of enjoyed, I've really enjoyed Sting in AEW. He's definitely got kind of renewed passion for it, which I think wasn't always there in WWE. I mean, you can say whatever you want about his run there, but I don't I think, think he had. Went... I don't think he was happy with it. Well, it's funny that you say that. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, wow, WWE really wasted Sting. Look how much he's doing mm. in AEW. You know, I think it's absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, no, he had a terrible run there. But even what he can do, he can't do much because obviously he's injured. They've done really well with him. Do you not think, uh, Rich? 
Yeah, so far so good. I'm I'm just war- I'm just glad that you know Sting is apparently safe doing it. You know, I that was just my whole big thing is I I just hope he's safe doing all the you know doing a match. Why did we get to a point? Why that's did we get to a thinking. point of this going? Um, oh, I hope he's safe all the time. Do you reckon that's because the fourth wall has been broken down so much that we're just like, oh, I hope he's safe doing it. You know, I, I just think that's crazy. I mean, what no. do you think? Well, I think it's just I think it's just human compassion at this point because we've seen how bad you know somebody can get hurt, and with all these crazy, with all the, like you know the recent you know retirements and whatnot. Yeah, like Daniel Bryan and Edge, who obviously have came back, but they obviously had their careers cut down because of injuries. Somebody like me. Sting is one of like one of my childhood favorites, and to see him couldn't even stand up on his own power in in his in his last match in WWE, it's scary to think that you know you got to remember these are all human beings that are risking their life putting on a wrestling match, and especially with somebody who's as, in the elder statesman as as Sting yeah. is. So it, it just it just kind of puts a lot of concern and a lot of fear like because i don't want to see a man die but let's be honest here like we don't i don't want to see anybody get hurt or die and with sting coming into the company when he first got into AEW, i was like oh man i just hope he's okay i just hope he he ends up okay doing well, whatever did you see he's the powerbomb spot because a lot of people talked about yeah that, that. that was a couple of weeks ago i think yeah brian cage powerbomb sting um i thought it was kind of a it was kind of a good little test maybe to kind of see how much sting can take I'm looking forward to the street fight because I think they're going to... I don't think it's going to be a cinematic match, but I think they're going to be able to really effectively kind of hide the weaknesses and accentuate the positives with it with it being a street fight. Yeah. Which is exactly I ho- why I, hope I think it's, it's going to be, be a cinematic match. Because... If- I hope it's not. As well. I mean, the fact is that he come out, we talked about the fourth wall earlier, um, the fact that Sting come out and um, said, yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. You know, I learned with there's been a lot of concern online regarding it. It just takes me out of it. Yeah, bit, it is It is you know? weird because you, you then think, well, that was just one move. Going, you're just going into a full match on Sunday. It's kind of, that's that's the sort of thing that we sh- it shouldn't be explicitly mentioned by wrestlers. We can, we can kind of, we can draw those conclusions ourselves as, as, the, as the audience. There were, it shouldn't just yes. be out there saying, "Don't worry, I'm going to be fine." I, you know, I can, I can, t- I, don't worry, I can take bumps. It's like it should just be about the story of the of the yeah. feud. Yeah, li- and the fact that they like even say bumps and things like you know, th- that's what annoys me. You know, stuff like that. So stop saying like business mm. talk to the general public. Personally, I think I know they're trying to be edgy and cool and stuff. It just, you know, little, just little things like that. That's what annoys me about it. But um, I know it's the same kind of. I, I'm happy. Would you be happy, Will, with um, if I mean, actually, Rich, I'll start with you. Do you think? Would you be happy if Sting was a tag champion, or do you think? Be- yeah, I, I think that'd be. I think that would be cool. That just pretty much depends on what happens this Sunday. Um, do I think they would go through with that? No, I, I think Darby Allen's too much, too, too good of a talent to be put in a tag team right now. 
I think he needs to shine as, you know, the TNT champion before he does anything tag team wise with anybody for that matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Rich. I think Darby is definitely too good to be just shoved into a tag team. He's he he's someone that I think has really, really good potential. He's someone that connects really well with with fans. Um, I've, en- I've enjoyed what they've done with Sting and Darby Allen. I think that's a natural fit. I think they both have that kind of that's that sort of character, and it's been quite an easy easy fit with them. I don't. I I do wonder if if at the end of this either you know Sting is going to turn on Darby or Darby's going to turn on Sting. Um, but I th- no, no, because I also th- I really I hope know, that I don't know what happen. else they could do with Sting apart apart from this. It will. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah, no, well, well, I think you're right there. I mean, um, obviously, we haven't got long to wrap this up in. Have we got the Matt Hardy oh, yes. match to go? go yeah, yet? so that's the main event. One was... We have two okay. more matches to go. Um, let, let, let's rank this then. We've got about 15 minutes, guys. Um, so, what are we rating this then? I'd... I'd... Uh, I, I'll, I'll rate it a B. I feel like it was... It, it's... Like I said, it's a lot of, you know, copy and paste when it comes down to all these, you know, promos and whatnot with Sting and Ar- Dab- Darby Allen and Team Taz. Um, but, you know, it's good lead up into the into the actual match coming up this Sunday. Yeah, so I'll give it rich. a B. It was, well, you know, again, good hype for the for the match. It, but it, again, I think I hadn't really thought about it. But what Rich said earlier, it has sort of been the same sort of promo for the past few weeks. I know they, they're kind of doing different things, with kind of getting more people involved. Um, and the the, th- the thing the other week with the body bag, I thought was incredible what they did with Hook. Um, I'm yeah, it, this is one of the matches that I think again could be a good sleeper. It's just going to be a it's going to be a fun match definitely. With any any match where Brian Cage can just launch Darby Allen directly into the sun is is a great thing. Do you think Taz is um, a hurt business? Oh well, a wish version of the hurt business. The team Taz gimmick. No, I think Team Taz is great. Team Team Taz is Taz. I think is that this is the perfect position for Taz, being that mouthpiece uh, heel manager. Especially now since he can't wrestle anymore, Taz is so good as a talker. He's so good at getting you pissed off because. As an American, you can tell who Taz is. He's just an old school New Yorker. And there, there's just a level of arrogance that, you know, the people in New York have that just, you just don't like them, you know? And, I, and that's what Taz brings out in himself and it, showing on AEW right now. I think this is the best, best I've ever seen Taz in a long time. Do you time. think it's a replica well, of um, the Hurt Business, or do you think this um, is unique? I might be getting the dates wrong, but does t- did, did, did Team Taz come before the Hurt Business? That feels like a relatively new thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. no, I feel like yeah, they were around the same time. Very, I don't know. I, I, I think they're, dif- they're different things, really. Um, I, I've i loved Team Taz. Like, you know, like what Rich said, Taz is such a great talker, and he's you can just he just instantly cuts believable promos. I'm really excited to see Hook start wrestling more. Um, Taz's son. I think that's going to be a really fun story. Seeing him, seeing him develop because I don't think he's had any matches before. Really, 
he's definitely not wrestled in AEW. So being able to see that, see that development and having that story of him being related to Taz, that's going to be really interesting to see. So hopefully in the coming months we can see more, more of Hook. Yeah, I agree. I, I give this a C, not because of how bad it is, just because it's the same. Uh, next one. Um, yeah, next we had 10 of the Dark Order versus Max Caster of the Acclaimed in a, in a qualifying match for the Face of the Revolution ladder match this Sunday at Revolution. What? Now, um, j- j- just to proceed, it's something you've well. Yeah. There is so many members. We talk about the rock. Half of them, I believe, yeah. are in the it's Dark quite, Order. I I love I love the Dark Order. I just think it's very it's evolved into one of my favourite gimmicks. It's obviously it's changed. Even how big they are, even that there's so many members. I yeah, I think it, I think it works because they they can they they've all got kind of their separate defined roles. Um, I maybe it doesn't. I think you can only really kind of appreciate Dark Order if you watch Being in the Elite and some of the YouTube stuff. So if you don't, if you don't watch it, I think it can come across as slightly right. too in jokey a lot of the time. So a lot, a lot of the dynamics they have yes. on TV are kind of born out of Being in the Elite segments. Um, so you, I think you can appreciate it if you've watched that extra stuff. But maybe it's I, d- I don't know how it comes across to a non. So maybe to, to just a casual fan, it might come across a bit weird. Me, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Well, that's the problem with AEW is I think they expect all the fans to watch all of their product no. at the exact same time, and frankly, that just doesn't I... work for everybody. No, it doesn't. Uh, what do you think of the match, though? Do, do you want to give us a um, quick rundown of what happened? Sort of basic match. I what really annoyed me about this, this match was Scorpio Sky on commentary. I thought he was just really bad. I just didn't. Very cringeworthy. Oh. Not not a natural commentator at all. Yeah. I know he's got he's got a I think mm. he's got a podcast, and I'm now very hesitant to listen to that podcast given his <laughs> uh, given his showing on commentary. Um. So uh, yeah, so Jack Jack Evans comes out and distracts ten of the Dark Order because again and again this is the sort of thing that AEW does quite well. They tell multiple stories with a lot of different characters. So Matt Hardy has this kind of vendetta against the Dark Order, and Matt Hardy's been kind of using Jack paying off Jack Evans and Angelico to sort of do his bidding. So he comes out. Max Caster of the Acclaimed gets the win. Uh, qualifies for the ladder match. Have you have you seen much of the Acclaimed, Jay? They, I, no, they are I so good. No, they, I their, their gimmick is they come out and at the start, at the start They're of each great. match, they do a, a freestyle rap about their opponents, sort of like a. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's basically it, if the Doctor so Thugonomics they, was a tag. He's had some really, really funny lines, and that, and that's another example of a, a team that you know they didn't really have any name recognition before AEW. And they've developed into a really good gimmick and a really good, yeah. really good young team. With their raps, are they? Um, well, that's the they're thing. They're not PG, they, are they? They can sometimes veer into slightly odd territory. Like they've done some. I think they had a rap. They had they rapped about the young bucks, and there was some slightly off-color things, like slightly homophobic. And the one in and the one in this one, he think he rapped about um, Lady Gaga's dog walker getting held up at gunpoint I was like that that might be a bit too soon oh wow um, but yeah I just I thought this yeah. was okay 
but but also during the rap too i loved how yeah uh negative one was just reacting <laughs> towards everything that's Oh, he's, he's that, when incredible. he's older, I, man, he's I, I going to really be a good. superstar. Not even what just they've done on TV with him, but how good AEW supported Brody Lee's family. Right. I mean, the fact he's still on TV is amazing. But yeah, the top of the rank exploits as well yeah. was amazing, especially when Hardy was running off. It was like, what you? Do? Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. But the whole running system. Uh, sequence and everyone's coming down um yeah i thought it was just a bit too much personally you know i thought oh you know i'm surprised the ring hold it hold it all them people that's true, I mean, that's they've true. Got a very good ring um well, then i think they took about battle royal but um it's yeah money, the money matt, matt gimmick I, I like it it's pretty good big money matt i think yeah it's yeah it's, i think the the broke the broken yeah. broken stuff didn't really hit that well in AEW when he started, so I'm glad he's. I'm glad he sort of evolved into this yeah. scummy, scummy heel promoter sort of thing. I like how he can ball. Yeah, I, I love it, and it's definitely oh, based absolutely. on other promoters. You know it is. You know, I bet he's had some scummy promoters before. Yeah, I like it. I like how he can evolve as well. And the thing is, the way he does it, he always can revisit his old gimmicks yeah, as well. Yeah, sort of, it sort of it doesn't feel like they're completely separate yeah. people. It just sort of feels like a an evolution sort of. Um, it, it's not so different that it you yeah. can't reference his previous gimmicks because it's it's still the same guy. I feel like if he got hit, say if Jeff come back as well and they just had a match and like someone hits him really hard, he could be broken mat again. You know? Oh, I, 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 you kind of, you go, you're kind of reading my mind for a prediction that I have for yeah, the pay per view. It's, it's something like that's going to happen. So, um, Wrapping this up, I give it yeah. Same, you guys. Scorpio Sky on commentary kind of ruined it for me. So I yeah, I'm not 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 massively hot on the match. Yeah, really took it out for me, mate. I don't know who the guy was. Never heard of him before. It was just I don't know. No, he's, he's not, not there regular. He's, is in, he? he's in the group SCU with uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. Ah. Because I listened to him, I'm like, God, this guy. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't great. You know, he's just bad. I think I think someone said, Oh, yeah, he talks mm. just too much. And I'm like, Yeah, I get that. I get, I totally get that. He's on so many podcasts or something. He, he talks really too much. Well, well, it's not. It's not even that he talked too much. It's just all he talked about was just yeah himself. Like he didn't even put over the match he's going to be in on Sunday. It was just saying how great he was. It was yeah. It, I rank it a D yeah. just because of Scorpio Sky's commentary. Ever gave anything on these podcasts so far, Rich. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly positive when it comes down to a lot of things, even when they are bad. But yeah, this this thing really took Scorpio Sky really ruined that this whole match right, for me. And our final um, yeah, main, so the main event was Hangman Adam Page and John Silver of the Dark Order versus Big Money Matt Hardy and Mark Quen of Private Party. What did you think, Jay? 
I, I actually, I, for some reason, it oh, okay. out at this point, so I didn't actually get to see this. <laughs> so you'll have to tell yeah, me. Yeah, so obviously this match, this, this ends up with the kind of the big, uh, the big tag team brawl to build up to the casino battle roll. Oh, actually, I think I've got the two matches mixed up. Is yes. this the one yeah. at the end where yeah. Matt's so the one with the, the microphone? The last, the last match was just um, he, he pays off Jack Evans yeah. to yes. get to, to interfere. Uh, yeah, it must have skipped that bit because that's why I was saying to you earlier. That's, and yeah. I, surprised I think they had all the, all the tag people. It's like a twenty-team, twenty-team battle royal that should that should be quite interesting, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, but that happened. That happened after this match. That didn't happen after it was. The, uh, it was uh, 10, 10, 10 the, versus Ma- uh, Max Caster. Yeah. I, I thought this was a good main event. I love. I love Hangman Page. Uh, I think the yeah. story they've been telling with him and the Dark Order—that's got—that's got me really invested. I think. Not. I don't know if it's going to be this Sunday. But Do you think he joins the, the Dark Order he's got, this he's Sunday? Got to, he's got to join. That's. It's going to be one of those big, like, emotional, emotional moments. Who Hangman? Like that. That absolutely has to happen. Hangman. It will. So, so I if that's the case, it's going to be impossible oh, for them not to book John Silver and Adam Page as tag much. team champions. Sorry, he talked about Hangman Page, guys. He's so funny. Yeah, he talked about Hangman Page joining uh, yeah. the Dark Order. Okay. Yeah. A quick question to you boys: Does Hangman Page remind you of DDP or? They're just like the fan favorite, you know. Uh, it reminds me, he's got very much characteristics, I believe, of DDP. Okay, well, I was I was going to initially say no to that, but when you broke it down like that, yeah, there's a lot of similarities between DDP and and Adam Page because he's always going to be that yeah. fan favorite type of wrestler. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I could see, I could totally see um, how, I, how yeah, DDP can DDP be a comparison. Be an comparison. I think he's a, like you said, he's a massive fan favorite. He's really, people have really, really gotten behind him. Um, I'm, I'm pleased. I, I, I think what you were, ref- I think what you're thinking though, Jay, yeah. is like, is like a slow character build for, for, uh, for Paige because. From what my memory serves me, that's how DDP was. It was a slow build from his from his start to where he eventually be- became, and that took a long time for that to happen. And he was generally a babyface throughout his entire time. So, so yeah, I, I, the more I think of it, the, the, I think that's a yeah. pretty decent because you know, what I comparison. see Page is like he'll be a main main event uh, eventually. He'll get there. And when he does get there, it'll be huge, and all the crowd will be behind him. That it just—it's just about just exactly yeah, what I'm, DDP I'm, I'm did. I'm glad that, they've that, not rushed all. it with Hangman Page because I there was he—he uh, he faced yeah, off. Yeah. Um, it was him versus Jericho for the initial AEW Championship, and I—I'm as much as I love him, I was pleased yeah. he didn't just get the belt straight away, right? Because when I think it's going to be so much more satisfying when he eventually does, because he's had su- he's had such a good journey, right? Be- Right, because I remember people saying, "Oh, why are they going to give a WWE guy their first world title?" I'm like, "It's it's the only logical sense." Jericho was the heel. 
you want to establish a, a, a heel champion as I, I feel like to start the company and no better name value than Chris Jericho to start your brand new company. Exactly. exactly. I, I don't know who else you could have gave it to then. I how did I don't he think anybody give the first championship. Was it a tournament by any chance? I no, it was it was I think Ooh, at one page a, he won a he won a I casino be, battle ooh. royal. I think it was either a, it was a double or nothing or all in. And he, yeah, he won the he won the battle royal to face Jericho in the in the final. I think Jericho was already the number one contender or something. I can't remember. Yeah, but how did Jericho? How did Jericho get the belt? I'm saying, well, he, the, 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 yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he beat Hangman Page. That's champion. what I was saying. Can you remember? Yeah. Oh, okay. So did he just I believe, like get I believe the title so, yeah. I think anyway, he was named as like away. the number one contender and then they did a battle royal to, to find out his opponent. Ah, okay. Sorry about that. But yeah, um, just try this up. Yeah. Honestly, it feels like great memory. Like so great memory now. by you. I really what, like, forgot how that whole ordeal was started. Crazy. Uh, well, Jericho's yeah. just come out uh, in that promo. Where are you saying it was a year since he was champion? And he was champion for a while. So, I mean, when did that start? The early two thousand twenty. No, I think he was he was champion during the pandemic. Um, Oh no 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 he wasn't he lost no he lost to Mo- he lost to, lost to Moxley I think it was a was it Revolution last no. year no he wasn't I think so I think it was Revolution yeah. last year because uh, yeah because it was Moxley and Jericho for the title and that was that was a really good build from from what I remember. Yeah. I, I'd is say John so. Moxley the best I, I baby face in AEW? I think Hangman, Hangman yes. Page is, is up there. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, love me some Jungle Boy. You got to put it in Jungle Boy. No idea what happened. I must have clicked something. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened either. Let's hope we get Will back. Yeah. I'm thinking too as well. We uh should we do a predictions uh as well for the pay-per-view? Yeah. Uh yeah, we can do a quick one. So, so, sorry, well, something. Um yeah, if you can just say Jungle Boy again and then uh, what we'll do is we'll just give Graydon and maybe quick predictions, but then that's it. Okay, Doug. What you just want me to say, Jungle Boy? Yeah, Jungle Jungle Boy. Right, wait there. There needs to be a bit of space because they obviously need to edit it. So you said you love me some Jungle Boy, if you remember. Okay, okay, okay for that. Yeah, yeah, love me some Jungle Boy. So uh, anyway, as I say, we're just wrapping this up anyway. So um, I mean, what are you going to give this as a grade in then, boys? For the show, um, I think it was I think it was a solid show of, of dynamite. I think it could have been a lot stronger for saying for saying it was a go home show, and we didn't see the champion or the challenger on the show. I think that's kind of an odd an odd choice for them. Um, but you know, it, there wasn't anything anything that jumps out was terrible. It was just a solid solid fun show. Like a lot a lot of dynamite has been for me, um, just really enjoyable. Okay, okay. Um, so I mean. 
this what I've just I'm gonna give it a C plus the the match. You know, what about you? Oh, we are we go we go yeah. in the main event or just or the show overall? Yeah, no, no, just just the main event. This oh, one. just yeah, just, oh, just the main event. I'd go like a, a B minus B plus. Rich. Yeah, I give the match B minus uh, myself. I I just. I just think the the whole finish of the match was really good too. Was uh, where Adam Page just did not take his eyes off of Matt Hardy while giving the buckshot lariat and the pinfall that just sets up you know whole, you know the the match between them. Yeah, no, I I I'd agree with that. I, I agree with that. Um, h- however, predict who's going to be the new champion coming. Let's just talk quickly because obviously it has been a long show today. Um, but predictions: Will we have a new AEW champion? I I can't call it. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of looking forward to the spectacle spectacle of it. Really, I'm I I I'd be I'd be more than happy with either outcome. I think Kenny. I think Kenny Omega's had a really good reign as champion. I'd like to see that continue. But then also, then also I do love. I love John Moxley, um, but I think I don't know. It's tricky. I think John, a character like John Moxley, always works better when he's chasing the title. Yes, I think Agreed. once you once once you have him on top, I don't know how many what kind of stories you can tell. Um, so, well, see, I'm in the mindset where John Moxley was so good as a champion that I think they just ran out of people to to put him against. Yeah, I think while he was at the top. John was always that uh, that guy was like, okay, yes, I know I'm the the man, so I that means I have to make the 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 run on being the best. You know, I have to do anything at all costs to keep my to keep my belt. And, you know, I think that's worked out the best for him. A bit like Stone Cold. Yeah, he definitely brings off some like Steve Austin vibes, a hundred percent. Yeah, no. I, I, I hope it, it continues, you know. Um, is, have you got any other big predictions that may happen, though? I think I think Kurt Angle's going to sign. I think that's going to be the big the big scoop. Um, but then what? But, the, but then what? Like, that, that's... I, I think... I get it. I think Kurt Angle would be cool, but what do you have Kurt Angle do in AEW? Go against Sting? Oh, No. No, no, not no. at all. I don't know. I think I think what you could do with Kurt Angle is maybe pair him with a younger talent. Um, yeah. I don't. I think, but, but who who do you think would benefit with having Kurt Angle as their manager? That's because when you think of, they should do that. They should get people to benefit. That's why I don't really like Sting wrestling. I don't mind him, but they should really get him managing as well. I think eventually that's what will happen with him and Darby Allen. I just, I, yeah, I don't know who. I, I don't know who on on the AEW roster has a kind of style that would benefit from Kurt Angle's Kurt Angle managing managing them really. Wait, no, I mean, wait, 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 wait! I just I just thought of one person who he can be a good manager for, and then forget you're going to have to help me out, Will, with the name. Big Show. But it, no, <laughs> no, but it's a it's a it's a female actually, and it, it's like this. Uh, she's like an uh, I think I don't know what country she's from, but oh. she's really. Tiny woman, Ty Conti. No, 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 no. She's uh, I guess she was like a, 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 a like an Olympic re- or a, a collegiate wrestler. Oh my god, it's really oh, bugging sorry. me now. Uh, Layla, Layla Hirsch. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. 
I that do you know what actually that could be a really really good fit. That I think there was a kind of I thought she'd end up joining Team Taz because she's got that kind of that kind of vibe as well. But that do you know what that's the that's a really good shout. Kurt Angle and legit Layla Hirsch, yeah. Now, if Kurt Angle doesn't sign, I'm going to be quite annoyed, boys. You've got me uh, very excited. I don't know. But, else, um, well, I really, honestly, I really sure hope it's Mauro Ronello. I really hope it's Mauro Ronello joining the commentary team with Big Show and Tony Schiavone. I table. <laughs> I don't. I don't like Mauro Ronello. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. I'm sorry to say it. What? And can oh. we can we also point out that nobody else believes it's Sable now? Oh, it's not. No. no. Can you imagine? Brock won't let that happen. <laughs> She'd kill AEW straight away. She's so bad. Can you imagine if it was Brock Lesnar? I'd love that. Oh, my God. I would Can you imagine if it was Brock Lesnar? <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be awesome. I, I don't know. I've heard of rumors as well, you know? I mean, like, there's been rumors about anyone, you know, from like CM yeah, Punk good point. to... Good point. I I don't know. It's it's, intri- it's intriguing. I can't call it. I'm excited either way. If it was Brock, though, I'd lose my shit. I'm such a Brock for flipping fan. Yeah. Any score there? Um, but guys, I think we're just gonna wrap this up now. I mean, it's been so long, but I mean, we've talked way more about this show than needed to be. Um, hopefully, you fellow bullers would uh, really appreciate that. Remember, you're awful of bull. Um, that's my new sign off. I'm gonna go with. Um, it needs work, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, how do you how do you reckon this show's gone today? I, I think it's been good. We've 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 talked about a lot of topics, and uh, only a few of them directly related to the show. But I think we think we've covered a lot of good <laughs> ground. Rich, yeah, I think we stayed a little better. I think we stayed more on the the track today with a couple of uh, we definitely a little veers off of it, but. <laughs> Definitely haven't. <laughs> We've gotten so off topic. We're on a trip. Hey, and by the way, lads, I've watched the worst show uh, in Netflix history, by the way. It's about a train that goes round and round and round, saves the world, and poses something. It's terrible. Don't watch it. <laughs> okay. I'll so you it, basically I'll watched advice. Thomas the Tank Engine? Pardon? Did you, so you watched Thomas the Tank Engine? No, no. I wish it was Thomas. Thomas would be great. I think it's called Pose. It's on Netflix. It, it's like Netflix do this horrible thing of uh, like saying, oh, it's, it's popular. It's in the like, top 10, 10 of the UK's most watched. You know, they trick you all the time. So I put it on and it's literally, it's one of the worst shows I've ever watched. Um, I'd be great for viewers to tell me how bad it is as well. If anyone thinks it's good, I just don't know what to say. Um, but well, just before I go, you, what are you watching? You watching anything good? Um, do you know what? I've just, because I have Disney Plus, I've, I've just finished rewatching Scrubs, which they've put on Disney Plus. Which oh, I've not, it? Really? Yeah, yeah. They've added loads more stuff. Um, I've not I've not rewatched Scrubs in years and years, so I I think I've binged it in about a week. So I need to find something else to watch. But yeah, I've really really doctor. enjoyed watching that again. As in the Doctor Scrubs. Yeah. How have they got that on Disney Plus? That's crazy. I don't know. I I don't think it's owned by it's not owned by Disney. So I don't know quite know how they've gotten the rights to it. But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed that. Oh wow! They are pushing the boat, aren't they? And obviously, I've been watching One Division as well. I don't know if you guys have been watching it, but the season finale dropped yesterday, and that was really that was really good. Oh wow! Okay, I might have to watch me some Disney. Do you know what? I think eventually Disney Plus will be a di- major, major competition for Netflix. Eventually, I think they already are. 
they're getting there. As soon as they get loads more content um, and, and bring... See, the thing is with Netflix, they're bringing so much stuff out on a weekly basis. Um, and once Disney do sure. that, then they will overtake them. You know, it's uh, they're brutal. But um, guys, thank you very much. Well, always a pleasure. Rich, thank you again. It means a lot more. I know the time di- difference is a major issue but hey guys we've made it that's not that bad <laughs> next thursday though we will i promise you only focus on the show so um it'll be a lot less guys um the time issue um so our next podcast we will be looking for under an hour i promise um but hey thank you very much well you want to say bye no. to the well the people no problem it's been a pleasure as always thanks for having me rich rich yeah, thanks, guys. Hope, hopefully you guys come back and get to listen to our wonderful voices again. <laughs> right, guys. I stated before, we really need you to sign for the YouTube. Our march is onto 1K. So please join us at Team Bull and also our Facebook page, Team Bull. And uh, thank you very much from all of us. Um, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your night. And have a great, great, great week. Peace.